For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO Radio is back. Joe Costello here, and we're getting ready for Vegas, baby. A little Las Vegas, Nevada Nationals going on this weekend. The penultimate race of the 2022 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season. Oh my goodness, it's going to be incredible. We got the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, going to be joining us just seconds from now. We're going to speak with AR. Big news, Tony Stewart making his competition debut this weekend. Alcohol Dragster, be running the McPhillips family uh, machine, and I am super excited. Just finished up with a press conference. Tony was in there peppered with questions from the media and it was very interesting to see all the crossover media that came over from the NASCAR side and the IndyCar side and Speed Sport and Jenna Fryer AP everybody was there to ask questions of Tony and it was I was very illuminating to hear what he said he had some very direct answers we'll discuss that with Alan Alan was on the call as well NHRA will be posting that not long from now I'm sure they're going to try to get it up on the air as quickly as is possible but if the championships were not enough to get you out there to Las Vegas to drive the eight or 10 hours or whatever it is to go to the big WFO Patreon meetup event. This might add a little seasoning right on the top, the cherry on top. You watch Tony Stewart's first competition runs. We'll talk about all of that, but first I got to tell you about the people who make it possible. And I know you're like, Joe, you always tell us about the people who make it possible because otherwise it would not be possible. It's as simple as that. Like Bernie's Speed Shop. Josh Hart, Bernie's Speed Shop. They've got $5 million worth of inventory in their 100,000 square foot shop up there in Ocala, Florida. Last week in the WFO Twitter feed, I tweeted out some of the inventory. Like I was browsing Bernie's.com and I was like, let me see what they've got. They've got some amazing stuff from exotics like Bentleys to a really affordable 1982 Corvette. And I thought, man, that vet, that looks nice. That looks like me. It's affordable. And that's the point. If you're looking for a muscle car, if you're looking for a classic car, if you're looking for uh, to sell on consignment, if you're looking for a brand new frame off restoration, Bernie's does it all. They build movie props. They do it all. So go to Bernie's.com. Check them out. Spend a little time look, browsing that inventory. Phillips Connect, Smart Trailer Technology, Mr. Epler's Innovation, and how it is being adopted by so many transportation companies or companies that use a lot of trucks and trailers to get their products over the road. Why are they doing it? Well, it's more efficient. Of course, you want to know where they are, but you want to know, is everything running okay with the truck? Is everybody safe? Is the driver safe? Is there a wheel bearing heating up? Is there a tire going down? That is all part of the logistics formula. And Phillips hyphen connect does it. It's an enterprise business. So you need to, you know, it's not just for one trailer. You got to have a mini fleet, but you can inquire at their website, Phillips hyphen connect. 
ftiperformance.com. Already told you a little bit about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. All you got to do is wait for the final rounds. Chances are it'll be an FTI transmissioned or torque converted machine. And then there's total seal piston rings right now up on the hidden horsepower podcast feed and one hour interview with Warren Johnson from the engine performance expo. Everybody knows at the end of the year, we prepare for the engine performance expo down there in Johnson city, Tennessee area. We're going to be doing it again, January 13th and 14th. It's going to be live streamed on YouTube, no sign in, no register, none of that. And if you want to get a good vibe of what it's all about, subscribe to hidden horsepower now and listen to that Warren Johnson interview, because it is, uh, it's deep, deep dive into his early career and his life and the book and, and all different things that Warren told us all about, but it's a greater exercise and learning about the things that matter in engine building, like ring seal. Speaking of which Alan Reinhardt, his first of his ring seal videos from the total seal headquarters just dropped this week. And I watched the whole thing. It was very informative. He's getting to go into the secret areas. Of course, you're going to want to watch those as well as total seal makes the case that if you're building an engine, you should be using their product bar none later on in the show. I'll tell you about samtech.edu. I'll tell you about Frank Hawley's drag racing school, something involving Frank Hawley around SEMA. And of course, Rodax Coffee and Grills.com, the hot sauces and spice rubs and everything good as I get ready to head out to Vegas. But let's head out to Tucson first and check in with the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt. And he's got the CUDA breaking news. He's got the CUDA. Share if you love the CUDA. Alan, it's great to see a long uh, earned project come to fruition. Yeah, all I got to do now is figure out what I'm going to do with it. Uh, I really, really, really need to thank the Emmons brothers. They were able to drop it off on their way to. Las Vegas, they uh, had room in the truck since they've got a car out in California that they're picking up to take back. So they were leaving Texas with an extra, with an empty spot in the truck, and they were kind enough to load this thing in. And they pulled up uh, pulled up my driveway this morning and unloaded it on their way to Vegas. So I really appreciate them. And now I've just got to figure out what we're doing with it. Right. So what are you going to do with it? Like, what's the top three choices? Like, you're going to make a pro touring car. What are you going to do? you got to have a couple of ideas. I've, I've got a couple of ideas, but I, I legitimately uh, haven't decided yet. I mean, uh, you know, one thought is go the modern route, you know, with a, a Hellcat or a Hellcrate swap, do something like that. Uh, maybe, a you know, a 528 or a 572 crate Hemi, uh, put fuel injection on it, do something like that. I, I legitimately don't know. It is a blank canvas right now, but, uh, you know, it's got a 440 in it. It's got a 727 in it. It's got a spool in it. So, uh uh, the first thing I'm going to do is just see if I can get it to start and run like it is and then uh, figure out what I'm going to do from there. But I, I legitimately don't know where it's going to end up. I, for so long, just said, I want a 1970 Barracuda, and now I have one. i got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. I feel like a dog that's been chasing the cars. Once you catch it, yeah. what the hell are you going to do with it? What are you so doing? I've got it now, and I just need to figure it out. Uh, just need to figure out what the project's going to be. But I'm pretty excited about it. I, I've been needing something to work on, and now I've got something to work on. Got plenty to work on. Shout out to our friends at the Texas Motorplex saying hi. I was just doing a little writing about the Stampede of Speed not long ago. Also want to promote everybody. I'm looking at the numbers today. We're getting ready for Vegas. We need those numbers up, baby. Everybody needs to retweet and share and get on the YouTube and all that stuff because not only do we have Alan, and we're about to talk about Tony Stewart. We're going to talk about the big championship battle and all of that stuff. Going to hear some clips. But we have got a musical presentation or at least promotion on this show that's right we got sammy and we got eddie 
and Sammy and Eddie are getting back together. And I know everybody thinks, man, when you talk music and you talk Sammy and you talk Eddie, we know what we're talking about, right? Sammy and Eddie. Uh, they're going to be on right after Reinhardt because they're going to be doing something in the pits out there at Las Vegas. But let's talk about what just happened, Alan. Not that Tony Stewart's one top alcohol race should overshine the Camping World Series championships and the penultimate races, but we did both just watch the press conference moments ago, and so we got hot takes and breaking news. Um, what did you? What was your takeaway from the big press conference? And I do have some clips of Tony that I can play for us. But uh, what was your hot take initially? Um, I really don't think that I have a hot take. I've, uh, you know, Tony and I know each other fairly well and we've talked quite a bit and I think that he's going into it with the right approach and the right attitude. You know, his plan is that if he makes four runs down the racetrack and that's three in qualifying and obviously assuming he qualifies round one, uh, that he'll consider the weekend a success because he's learning. And if they go farther than that, then, then everything that happens is a bonus, but you know, I think he knows just like any rookie coming into anything, no matter how experienced you are, uh, you know, your chances of being a rookie in the Daytona 500 and winning are pretty short. Your chances of being a rookie in the Indy 5, pretty small. And your chances of being rookie, a rookie in this category, especially with the field that we're going to have in Vegas, with all the championship contenders being there, if your expectation is to go in and dominate, that's not realistic. But if your expectation is to get some practice, you know, as he said, He's never staged next to anybody before. So going up there in Q1, and it'll be interesting to see with 21 cars, he might not stage next to somebody in Q1 either. So we'll just have to wait and see. But he is learning, and I really appreciate the approach he's taking that you know, he's got the resources to do anything he wants. Right? He could come in and go, okay, top fuel, build me a car, and let's go. But that's not Tony. When he goes into something, he wants to learn. He wants to be, do well. He wants to to respect the process and go through the steps. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I, I agree. He's made six runs with the McPhillips. He made four in Brainerd. He made two in Redding. They got rained out, but it was rich senior who said, you're ready, get out there and do it. And he knows that Tony has invested a lot in car control and feeling the car and being ahead of the car and everything. But at some point, like he's going to be able to do it. We've seen people with less talent than Tony Stewart get in race cars and uh, and figure it out. Rich Senior would not advise him incorrectly, which is our great benefit because he's doing it this weekend. And you mentioned the field now, 21 cars, and you got everybody. You got Joey and you got Julie and Cowie and Jackie Frick is back out there and Hunter Green is running a Randy Meyer car. And just uh, last time we were there, Johnny Otten looked good. And there's just so many... Madison Payne, after her runner-up out there at the Stampede of Speed in the Texas Fall Nationals, there are a lot of young racers that are trying to make their mark that, frankly, running up against Tony Stewart would just be a fun bonus. They're trying to win this thing. Yeah, and, you know, he is also going to put a big spotlight on the class, and that's good for everybody. You know, I think about, you know, when Kurt Busch came out and raced, you know, first in Supergas and then in Pro Stock. But when Kurt Busch came out and raced in Pro Stock, he didn't, you know, he lost first round and really only made a couple of clean runs down the racetrack, struggled a little bit in qualifying, but he put a huge spotlight on the pro stock category. And that's what Tony is going to be doing here with the top alcohol category. Not only will it obviously be a very watched Lucas oil show when that comes out a couple of weeks later, but as Brian alluded to during the camping world shows, they are going to be following along as well. So not only will that be extra content, 
it'll be an extra spotlight on the Lucas Oil competitors, and I'm 100% for that. Anytime we can get them some more publicity, some more eyeballs, some more anything we can get, uh, sign me up. I'll do whatever it takes. Absolutely. All right. So Kevin McKenna uh, answer asked a couple of questions about uh, one question about you know who he's racing, and I wanted to play that answer because I think it is important that Tony talks a little bit about uh, you know the homework he's done. Let's hear what K Mac had. To How say. familiar are you with the men and the women that you're going to be racing against this weekend? Uh, you know, Randy Meyer sent me a message yesterday, and he was joking around, going, "Take it easy on us," and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" So um, there's great drivers in this class. There's good, and that's the thing about NHRA. It doesn't matter what division and what class you're running. If it's not a pro class, people think that that it's not as competitive, and that's truly not the story in NHRA. Every division that runs uh, has that set of people that have perfected their art in each of those classes. So um, you know, there's there's no layups in NHRA in any of the classes. Uh, this is a class that's very competitive. Um, you know, obviously having a top fuel and funny car team, I'm with those cars, you know, pretty much the entire weekend and, and really don't get to see many of the other cars run. But uh, because of our affiliation with the McPhillips family, um, you know, when we have the opportunity to go up and watch their rounds, uh, we do go and watch uh, just to try to learn more. But everybody in that class is tough. So it's, um, you know, this is one of those sports, though, that I feel like the driver still has control of his own destiny to a certain certain uh, extent you know when it comes to the staging and when it comes to doing what i need to do as far as my job this weekend it doesn't matter what they do in the other lane when that light changes that's my job to to have a good reaction time to keep it in the groove and and do the procedure the way that i've been taught and know how to do it to this point so uh you kind of have to you can sit there and look at how tough everybody is but at the same time it's about about going out there and just doing your job and doesn't matter who it is that you're lining up with and that's such a drag racer mentality right there, right? Like you, he, he views to me, what's great is his takeaways on the sport. We haven't been wrong all these years, Alan. We like this thing for legitimate good reason. And uh, Tony gets it. Well, I think part of this thing too, and, and he mentioned it is, you know, the, you come out and watch and he said he was guilty of the same thing. The first couple of times he came out and it's like, okay, so, um, Somebody else starts the car and you do a burnout and you back up and they make an adjustment and you hit the gas. Okay. But when you get in it and realize that that might be what you're seeing from the outside, but in order to make successful runs down the racetrack, there is a laundry list of things that have to be done perfectly. Maybe you can't see them from the grandstand, but that the driver knows and the crew knows and the things that happen from everything from back at the pits to the final adjustments to as they're starting the car as they're staging the car, that if all of those things aren't done right, the car is not going to make a good run down the racetrack. And so the devil kind of is into details and something that, you know, he has learned being in the car. I love what he said about not being able to go to sleep because he's running through the warm-up procedure. You know, it's like, okay, and you know, I've got to do this. So, you know, you, you're trimming the pump, you're doing this, you're on the pedal, you're off the pedal. Because he knows if you muff the warm-up procedure, you could theoretically ruin the run before you even tow the car up to the starting line. So there's just a lot of things that have to go right. And Tony's a guy that doesn't want to be the weak link in everything he does. You know, he knows, okay, I'm not going to go out and win every race, but you don't want to be the guy that makes the mistake. You want to go out there. You want to do a good job. You want to hold up your end of the bargain. And then whatever happens, happens. And I think that, you know, his commitment to do that and the fact, as I said, that he's taken the steps 
you know, he could do whatever he wants. He's got the resources to do anything, but he's taking the steps because he believes this is the best way to learn. And if he decides to go forward, this experience is going to help him. All right, let's hear one more from uh, Tony. Got two more clips. Let's hear. You feel as prepared as other debuts that you've made in your career? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Honest. (laughs) But um, if you'd asked that about any other car that I've ever driven for the first time, I would say exactly the same thing in all honesty. I mean, I've tried to be a student of the sport the last couple of years and, uh, you know, obviously having cars and having teammates and listening to what they do. Uh, and the friends that I've made in NHRA with the drivers, uh, you know, to get to talk to those guys about it. I feel like I have a really good idea in my head of what to expect this weekend, but nothing uh, nothing prepares you better than just being out there and, and getting that opportunity to to really do it for the first time. I couldn't, couldn't say it better, right? Like, you got to do it. You got to get out there. Yeah. You got to do it. And the learning process begins right now. Like you said, doing the burnout, staging up. And uh, one more question that he was asked out there, and uh, I apologize to the reporters. They all kind of blurred together, and I was grabbing this sound very rapidly right before the show, was the question I think everybody wants to know. Like, what's going on with this, Tony? Like, why are you doing this? Is this something that you could do? And this reporter even referenced John 4, 73, Ron Cavs, 57. This is a motorsport that is doable for someone that is a little older uh, unlike, you know, three hours in an Indy car, et cetera. And here's Tony's answer. How familiar are you with the men and no, the women? The, that that that's, a, that's a wrong clip. That's a joke getting it wrong. Could you theoretically see yourself doing this full time for the next 10, 15, 20 years, maybe? Yeah, potentially. Um, and that's what this weekend's about. It's about learning and getting that experience and, and seeing if I think this is something that that could be a part of my future. So obviously I'm heavily invested in it with, with our two teams with Matt and Leah. And, uh, you know, I genuinely love the sport. I love the people. I mean, I saw Alan Reinhardt's on here today, Joe Costello. I mean, these are guys that I get to be around every weekend. Uh, they're awesome people. The, the pit area, the atmosphere at an NHRA race is unbelievable. It's unparalleled. Uh, the fan access and how the fans can come down and watch these teams tear apart these motors service these cars and get them ready in less than an hour is phenomenal. And it's something that the fans have access to at an NHRA race that they can't get in any other form of motorsports. So um, it's just, it's a lot of fun to do something different and to see an atmosphere that really reminds me of what it was like in the heyday of having fun uh, in motorsports. So, um, you know, yeah, this is something that if it all goes well, absolutely. It could be something that I could look forward to, possibly doing more down the road. And there you have it. Like that's the, uh, the Alan Reinhardt shout out, notwithstanding that's the soundbite that matters, which is he polluted the soundbite that matters a little bit, Alan, that yes, I am looking at this as something that maybe I will do, uh, seriously for a prolonged period of time. If it gives me what I'm looking for competitively. And I think that's what everybody has been wondering. And he just gave a very clear and defined answer to that depending on how it goes this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, I think that he's always thought that this might be something to get more involved in. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, you need to go out there and do it. You need to see, you know, is it really, you know, going and making test runs and going and spending your whole time, you know, being the only guy at the track and doing is one thing, but going out there and get your competitive juices going and get somebody in the other lane and do it with more people watching from the grandstands and do it that, you know, is this something, that he wants to do. And, you know, if he decides to get back into it, you know, as long as his wife is out there racing full time, he's spending an awful lot of time at the racetrack. 
And so why not if he decides that this is something he likes? I think, and again, I think he's going about it the right way. Um, and so I, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see, but I think that he's going to find out just exactly what everybody else finds out that, you know, you make your first run down the racetrack in competition and then you want to do it again. And then you want to do it again. <laughs> yes. What's better for Tony, uh, him having a great run and going to the semis and having early success or getting hammered first round. What, uh, what brings him back more uh, intense next time? Well, Kurt Busch got beat in the first round by a girl, and we never saw him again. Yeah, he ran. So. Tail, tail, tail between legs. Erica thumped him, and that was that. Erica Enders, save, saving drag racing, chasing the NASCAR guy out after one run. Now, you know, if he goes a couple of rounds and then comes out on the bad end of a couple of thousands, that's going to be a, okay, when can I do this again? And that will probably be enough to get him to come back and run the regional race the following weekend. Oh, no, wait, that's a cup finale, and so he probably will go to Phoenix. Yeah, probably, but you never know. Um, very interesting stuff. Okay, but listen, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, and I know the audience. I know what they think. Like, you know, you're spending so much time talking about Tony Stewart. Why don't you talk about and, – and we are, and here we are. We are going to begin the transition. That was the big breaking news story of the day, guys, but we're headed to Vegas. There's a lot going on. There's going to be a big fan fest. I have been asked, uh, and I'm going to do my best – for everybody to understand that this fan fest that's happening Thursday night at the Fremont street experience is the first one since the pandemic. And so it's a big deal. The first one in Vegas where now we keep saying, Alan, we're back to full strength. We're back to full strength. Well, now the Vegas event has got its Fremont street experience fan fest back, but with a little short notice promoting it. So I want everybody to know there's going to be a ton of drivers down there at the Fremont street experience. I think you're going to be down there, Alan, from what I know. And uh, I'm going to try to, I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe he's not going to be there, but, uh, well, and, and just do that. Nobody's, nobody said a word to me about it yet. And I do have the summit dinner for the summit national championship. It's Thursday evening. So, uh, I don't know that for a fact, but nobody said anything to me about it. I said right now it's not on the calendar. Okay. But it is happening. Yes, so it is definitely happening. There, there will be a fan fest Thursday night and uh, head on down there. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, this race, the penultimate race. It gives me an opportunity to use big word, penultimate, as in the one right before the final one. And things are still totally wide open uh, in terms of championship contention. Like if Justin Ashley, who's got an 82-point lead, were to stumble, there is a pack of crazed dogs nipping at his heels, right? Like all of a sudden, then the championship is decided among three drivers and 14 points if Justin were to stumble. And so this thing is not over by any means yet, and it's still totally in play. So how would you handle this event uh, going into the weekend? If I'm Justin, I handle it just like I handle every event. Go unload the thing, make a clean run on Friday, make sure you're qualified, Go out Saturday, find yourself a race day combination, and then just do what you've been doing. I don't think, I don't think that it's healthy to get out of the mindset that you've had all year long that puts you in this position. Why, why in the world would you do something different than what you did in Dallas, or than what you did in Reading, or what you did? It's working. Keep doing it. Unload the thing Friday night. Get it qualified. You don't have to set the track record. You know, let Brittany do that, but get qualified. And then go, okay, now what are we going to do on race day? And then just keep doing what you're doing. I'd, you know, I'd much rather be in his position than anybody else's because I don't know anybody that said, gee, I wish I didn't have an 80-point lead. 
But if and you know you, when you say stumbles, if if he gets beat by one of the contenders in the semifinals, and I wouldn't say going to the semifinals is necessarily a stumble, but if he gets beat in the semifinals, and we end up with a couple of the competitors in the final round, then all of a sudden with points and a half up in Pomona, uh, that's a whole different show. If he goes to the final or wins the race, then I'm going to Pomona almost in coast mode. You know, it it wouldn't be over yet, but your task to to clinch it is going to be a whole lot simpler if you go in there with an 80 or 100 point lead than if you go in there with a 40 point lead. Right. And and that's and that is why I am just so in love and pushing the countdown on everybody. And some people don't like it and they need to just accept it because, if you know, you might not like it, but you better learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. Woo. Scott says, great to have Tony behind the wheel, adds excitement to NHRA's best season ever. And I agree with that as well. Totally wide open. You could have a Brittany Justin semifinal matchup, which is, I think, what you're talking about, where that has elimination feel to it. Justin beats Brittany, then she's, you know, pretty much done. Um, and and those matchups, like they are to coin the phrase that Steve put out there with this new documentary that's coming out, right? Like gladiators in the, in the arena. Like you think about the gladiators and how they fought. Well, after this race, maybe now there are people that are at the bottom of this points that are thinking, you know, I got a shot after this race. There will be a bunch of them that don't have a shot. Their championship hopes are over. Their season is over. They might get a Wally as a consolation prize at the end. And that's great but they're not going to win the championship after this race. They will feel that sting. And so are their fans. And uh, I just felt it. New York Yankees. We got bounced. I'm angry. I'm irritable. I'm not happy about it. I'm trying to think about the front office and what needs to change to get better for next year. Drag racing fans. I think they feel those feelings too. Sure. I mean, you know, you've got your team or your driver that you've rooted for all year long or for maybe longer than that, maybe for decades. And you want to see him or her do well. But uh, you know it's coming down to it's coming down to crunch time right now, and you know this this weekend, Justin has got a chance to distance himself, or Justin has got a chance to let some of the others, you know, believe there's hope. Uh, you know, I I remember a couple of years ago with the when you know Brittany won the race and said you know Steve O's over there shaking in his boots right now, and she would like nothing more than to be put back in that position where she could you know realistically say Justin now is worried about me. Because right now, Justin has been taking care of business. And, you know, I don't know. It doesn't seem like you can rattle a guy. It doesn't seem like he ever gets upset. It doesn't seem like he gets nervous. But Brittany needs to make a move here to make him start thinking about her, to make him start thinking about her, or somebody else in the field needs to make a move um, if they're going to challenge him. Right now, he's, uh, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. That's it. Exactly. This this will take shape. You've got to go to the starting line. You have to perform. You have to make it happen now, not next race. You got to do it this race to get to next race. You got to make it happen now. And if Justin Ashley were to go on and win the race, that would be seizing the moment, right? Like seizing control of it, like controlling the destiny, imposing the will, all that. But it's drag racing and it's so hard to make that happen. But the stage is set. Let's see what happens. Funny car. Not uh, no luxury there, right? It's just scrum. Robert Height, Ron Caps, Hagen 78 back. Total scrum. Uh, John Force 137 back. That's going to be a bit of a lift. I guess those three could lose first round. This is something we say every week, but Height and Caps, the two best. They've they've been they've each got two countdown wins. 
So they're splitting it up nicely, right? It's the way it's all working out. If they win three and someone wins the finals at points and a half, that person will be the champ. Well, it's, you know, it's been playing out that way all year, right? I mean, look at the beginning of the season. It's almost like they were just taking turns every week or every couple of weeks. Those have been the best two cars. You know, there was certainly a stretch in the middle of the summer where Bob Tasca had the best car on the racetrack for five or six races. There have been a couple of times when Ron Capps had the best car on the racetrack. But year long, it has been Hagen and Height, and it really looks like it's going to come down to those two. If Capps gets another trophy in Vegas, and he's got a great running car right now, then I think he becomes a bigger part of the conversation. But I think Capps is in the same position Brittany is. If he loses ground to the leader, then his mountain and promoter just got a whole lot higher. If you can pick up a round, that's great. If you can pick up two rounds, then he's right in the middle of the conversation. But he has to make it happen here this week. Yes. Well, and that's, again, like both of these guys, everybody involved in it. And I had a good conversation with Hagen at the Stampede of Speed and Alex and those guys. Like, they feel they feel great. They're not in uh, exactly the position they want to be. But if they win the final two races, they'll be in the mix somehow, depending on where the cards land and the way uh, things go. Who knows? We might see some big early round matchups involving those championship contenders guys start taking shots we just don't know but it's control your own destiny for those guys uh even john force 137 out if he were to win the final two races including that points and a half that would be an interesting situation but uh height and caps they control their own destiny and that is uh impressive stuff pro stock uh one person controls their destiny we talked yes. about the glide path Erica going to the track that she is the winningest driver of all drivers at like now there's no nitro person who has won Vegas more than Erica has dominated. Vegas is her place. All those can and horsepower challenges. She won so many races just feels great at this facility and a chance to lock it down and end it in Vegas, which I know they would really love to do just to make that statement. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think that uh, they can officially award her the championship until we get to Pomona. And, you know, as we talked about, I think we mentioned last week, even if she has a 192 point lead and there's 191 points on the table, in theory, never happened in a million years, but in theory, if she goes to Pomona, crosses the center line three times in qualifying and gets penalized, then the door would be open again. So it still wouldn't be a mathematical lock. But the reality of it, the reality of it is, if the trophy guy hasn't already put her name on the trophy, then he's just wasting time because ain't nobody catching her. Right. Like I don't, you can, you can come up with uh, collapse scenarios, but I don't want to see anybody go through those. Right. Like uh, that's not entertaining to me to watch the weirdest uh, collapse in the history of drag racing. Uh, that is not what I'm going there to see. Uh, I want to see athletes perform at a high level and they have all year long, but the Wally is still on the line. And uh, I'll be intrigued to see if anyone can go up there and stop her from winning out. Cause that is a goal as well. The team sets goals and you look at some of the other cars that have been running quick and fast, you know, Troy Coughlin from inside the team, Aaron Stanfield from inside sure. the team, uh, Greg Anderson from inside the team, all these different storylines that are happening. Camry Caruso wants to get a win before the, the year is over. There are racers who've got uh, streaks. They've got a win uh, each year. The Quadras, they're close, right? They're close. They can taste it. So Pro Stock is going to be uh, great. And then there's Pro Stock Motorcycle, which speaking of racers, Eddie Krayowick was telling me, I was like, Eddie, don't you have a pretty long win streak? Like you haven't gone a season since when? 
And the answer was the championship year that he didn't win a race, which I think was 2008. Eddie Krawick has won a race every season since then. And there's a lot of racers that have those little personal streaks on the line that maybe don't get all the headlines, but you want to win a race in a season. And Eddie says he's going to do it. He says, mom, I'm going to do it. And so that was a little behind the scenes prediction he gave me, but uh, same true in pro stock motorcycle as Matt Smith leads Joey by 51. Jerry Savoie has quietly climbed up into it. One Oh three back. And uh, you know, the way the, the bikes can be brittle. You can't say that Jerry's out of it just yet. No, but uh, you know, Matt again controls his own destiny. And I think that, uh, you know, I think Joey is, is the biggest threat. I think that, you know, he's riding loose. Um, I've talked to him a couple of times. I know you have as well about, you know, Hey, have you thought about this? And everything, every time I've talked to him, he says, dude, if you'd have told me two years ago, I would be in a championship fight with Matt Smith. That would be the best thing ever. He says, if I lose, I lose to be in the conversation, to be here, to be in the position I'm in, knowing that he's still got a lot of years in front of him, that if it doesn't happen this year, so he's not going up there with any pressure. He's going up there loose as he could possibly be. And, you know, Matt is machine-like, you know, he just, this is the task at hand. This is what I got to do. This is how I take care of business and now go take care of business. And nobody's done it better than him the last few years. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely. So, and so we are getting ready for the weekend, Nevada nationals, Vegas. There's only so much pre race hype. Uh, but we also had a loss in the world of drag racing this past week, Tom Hoover showtime, one of the nicest, coolest, cars one of my favorites all the time kind of an underdog story uh going up against a lot of the bigs and he and he brought it right um his dad was with him for many many years lived uh well into his life at the track but tom has passed away and a lot of people weighing in on this one tom hoover just shows the uh how much having a beautiful car and running a great campaign can uh, win over fans for a lifetime yeah he was a huge fan favorite even going way back in the days of of you know, match races and, and doing appearances at some of the smaller tracks just because he had such a clean operation and he was so personable, you know, when you're out there racing with your mom and dad and your wife and, and, you know, didn't have a big ego, was not a big talker, was not a, he just liked to come out and like to race and, and like to run his car. And it's, it's just awful. I mean, I remember the Showtime car from when I was a kid and being able to be around and see some of his more successful moments. He did win a handful of national events throughout his career, but he was a guy that was just out there um, kind of, you know, quietly living the dream and, and making it happen. So uh, it's, it's a shame that we won't see him in Minnesota next year. You know, he's been coming up to the races for the last few years, just kind of touching base with everybody and saying hi and checking on all his old friends and uh, it's tremendous loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a bummer, but that is uh, the way that this sport is going. You, you know, our legends are getting to be that age, the first and second wave uh, of stars who were so successful. Uh, passing a little early, though. I don't know. It, it all depends. But uh, rest in peace, Tom, and to all the fans of Showtime out there. Just uh, terrible. Vegas, Vegas, Pomona. This is it. The final divisional will follow the final national in Vegas, and then we're off to Pomona. A lot of championships up for grabs, not just uh, world championships, but divisional championships in many different divisions. Austin Williams was uh, talking with me about, you know, super comp wide open. There's just so many different uh, things that are wide open as we go into these final two races. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on out there. I uh, took a look at the points earlier in the week. 
just because I figured, you know, if there's one that's locked or one that's pretty close to locked, maybe I can get a little jump, a little bit of a head start on uh, on my banquet stuff because I host the Lucas Oil Championship banquet at the end of the season. And so, you know, you look at, okay, well, let's start here. No, here, no, four guys still available, six guys still uh, fighting. So, and, you know, you even get down and, and if you get into the weeds of this stuff, you know, you look down in some of the classes where, okay, a guy's like in eighth or ninth place, but he's only been to two national events. So he's coming into Vegas, you know, uh, uh, improving on zero, basically, you know, claiming every point. And so there's just, there's still so much stuff going on out there. One of the things really appreciate Mike Rice is that he goes into the weeds by the time we get to the divisional race and he'll have all the scenarios for the divisional, for the regional trail, because so many of those will be locked up there. You know, if you're running for a division championship, Pomona doesn't count. And being able to keep track with all of his help, and of course, Rick Green from the Fast News Network, uh, I wrote a column about it a few years ago, we're yelling back and forth, you know, okay, well, you know, he's still alive in Division 6, or that, well, that just locked up something in Division 4, and keeping track of everything as we go through the weekend. It's uh, it's a great three weeks of racing. It, it's literally my favorite swing of the year, just because of the Vegas Regional that's right in the middle. And for anybody that's going to be hanging out for the week and going to SEMA, if you're planning to go to SEMA for a few days and head home on Friday, don't do it. Come back out to the Strip. It's a variable, very affordable ticket. Uh, I'm expecting there will be, as normally there is, 700, 800 cars there and just nonstop action from the time the sun comes up till the time the sun comes down. If you like the Lucas Oil Series, not a whole lot of places better to be than Las Vegas this time of year. Yes. Well, exactly. Fan Fest, Vegas. We're going to have our WFO Patreon meetup out there uh, it's halloween on monday it's halloween on monday there's so many big things happening in vegas it's going to be great of course the sema show i'll be walking around there um just great tremendous stuff and i agree this is one i haven't done the vegas vegas pomona yet but uh, i'm saving it i'm saving it for uh for one of these years but just amazing alan great job as usual i appreciate you any final thoughts as we get ready for vegas just uh, let's go. I'm uh, checked in for my flight tomorrow morning and looking forward to getting up there. And the only thing in my world is that, you know, this just got here. And now I'm leaving town. And now I'm leaving town for three weeks. So uh, that gives me something to look forward to. We let the audience vote on what they want you to do with it, like multiple choice, you know, pro touring, uh, wheelie car, bracket car, super stalker. Like there's a lot of choices. Uh, maybe there should be a vote. Oh, they can vote, but I have ultimate veto power. So, you know, whatever. Do you have ultimate veto power? Exactly. I, project car, Reinhardt project car. It's, we go. it's going to be a street car. It may see some action on the strip, but it's going to be a street car. Uh, it's got a Texas inspection sticker on it from 1981. That's the last time it was driven on the street. And as I understand, the last time it was driven anywhere was 2000. So, it's uh, I'm kind of torn between you know doing a hell crate or doing a big crate hemi thing and. I don't know. I'm, uh, I've got plenty of stuff to do in the meantime. And so I'm going to just kind of get to working on getting the thing. I'd, you know, I'd like to get it running with the engine and stuff that's in it. And it's got no brakes. And there's some stuff that needs to be cleaned up. You know, it's got one seat in it from being a race car all these years. And so looking for some interior parts and some other stuff. But uh, I've found out a couple of, like, it is a grand coupe. I'm not sure I could have told you what that was three weeks ago. Right. But what is it? It's a special trim package. It uh, is not, you know, it's not like it's the only one in the world, but it does put it on a little bit smaller list of, of things from the accessory world. 
and uh, you know there's just been some things that have been done to it to make it into a race car that now need to be undone to make it back into a street car. So somebody's right. got a uh, somebody's got a back seat laying around. I need one of those. Uh, you know, somebody's somebody's got a fuel tank laying around. Now I'll probably just call Aeromotive and get uh, you know their fuel tank that's got the pump in it and be done with that. But uh, I don't know. I've got uh, I've, there's a lot of a lot of options and. Uh, Right now, it's a blank canvas. I can do whatever the heck I want with it, and I'm in no hurry to get it done. I love it. I love it. All right, Alan, I will see you out there this weekend, Vegas, baby, then SEMA, so much going on, and we're going to get even closer to deciding championships, and we'll see how it all goes. Thank you so much. Travel safe. I will see you in a couple days. All right. There he goes, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WFO radio and uh super exciting yeah he's got a project i got my own project i'm working on as soon as i get home from the travel i'm gonna dive into the 78 trans am and figure out uh a course of action right and my course of action i know what i want to do with it i want to make an nhra super street ready so i can try to run an nhra division two super street race at some point and i plan to do that all right i told you i was going to tell you a little bit about a couple of other sponsors as we get ready for sammy and eddie sammy and eddie guys i need everybody to share you love music and you got to love Eddie and you got to love Sammy, right? You can understand what I'm doing. Am I overdoing it? I think I am. Like, come on. You don't believe that Sammy Hagar and Eddie Van Halen are going to be on WFO in a few minutes. Sammy in it. No. Okay. In the meantime, let me tell you about the people who make it possible. It's holiday season, guys. I say this every year and it works very well for a lot of people. And maybe this should be the year you call Marvin Rodak at RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com, 817-924-6821, and order a pound of coffee, a bottle of hot sauce, and a container of his award-winning 826 Spice Rub for your holiday gift recipients. And just make it easy and just send them a bunch of stuff. You know, people love those gift baskets, and they love those things. They're like, oh, there's a piece of salami. The Rodax Coffee is a superior version of that. And it's WFO Innovation. So call Marvin, 817-924-6821. And load up. It's the holiday season coming soon. And if you want to go big, a great gift is the Dragster Adventure. You send them on the Dragster Adventure. And they drive dragsters. As simple as that. Like, where did Tony Stewart get his start? He did at Frank Hawley. And also, Frank Hawley is going to be part of the Bent Rules, Bald Fist, and other drag strip battles. SEMA breakfast, along with Lee Beard, Richard Tharp, and Don Prudhomme. Frank Hawley going to be up there talking about balling his fist at somebody or bending a rule or who knows, drag strip battles. So Frank is back in the news. But you can go to frankhawley.com, and I think that the Dragster Adventure is a great A-list gift. You know, there's the people that you, man, I got to get something good here. Something that's going to wow them. A-list. It's a little expensive, depending on who we're talking about. But they will have an experience of a lifetime. Samtech.edu. The kind of gift you get for yourself. A great career. A future. CNC programming. Motorsport EFI tuning. Block programs. Engine programs. All of those things. Samtech. Dot edu check them out plus our great friends at bernie speed shop check out their website check all the inventory they've got great cars and they can actually do yours as well ftiperformance.com total seal piston rings the leader in ring seal technology and phillips hyphen connect 
as well. All right, I'm waiting for somebody else to get connected here. I, I saw one of them down there, and uh, we're waiting for them both to get connected. I got to bring them both on. Sammy and Eddie. In the meantime, let's see what kind of comments people got uh, there. Already started my Christmas shopping list. I agree. When fans pay for the car, they can have a say. Well, maybe that's possible. No, if we're going to do that, we're doing that with 78 Transit. All right, here they are. It's Sammy and Eddie joining us. Sammy Eubanks and Eddie Boyer. What's up, gentlemen? How are you? Hi, Joe. There's Eddie. Doing good. Sammy, you got us? Sammy's trying. Sammy's struggling. Sammy, do you hear us? We got to say something, Sammy. If you can't hear us, you got to say something. There he goes. He's gone. We lost him. Eddie, you're going to have to carry the ball for Sammy and Eddie, the dynamic duo. I've been promoting this. I've been promoting that. He, oh, here's, here's Sammy is back. Sammy, do you got us? Sammy I got Eubanks. you now. There he is. Sammy Eubanks. It's Sammy and Eddie. Back right, together been, again. Together again. I've been hyping everybody like it was going to be Sammy Hagar and Eddie Van Halen. Because, right. you know, they play music too. They also are musicians, but you guys are musicians as well. Sammy, why are you guys on the show, Sammy and Eddie? And why is Joe going so crazy about uh, this dynamic duo? What is going to happen? Well, I play music at all of the NHRA national events and uh, other events around the country. And uh, Eddie's been telling me for a couple of years, actually before that, since we met, that he is a drummer. And uh, we've been trying to figure out a time and a place we could get together and play together. So I have a friend, uh, Mike Slough, that lives in Bakers or Bakersfield, lives in Vegas, and he's a bass player. He's a great bass player, and he's going to join us, and we're going to play an uh, hour, hour and a half show coming up on Friday at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. A live concert in the pits Friday after it's all over. So we're just uh, we're getting everybody together. And we've got the Fan Fest on Thursday, and we've got Friday qualifying. And you have been told that the 5:30 time is the right time. Like it's we've we've finished Nitro. People are walking out of the grandstands. The WFO Patreon meetup sounds like a great event for the Patreons to go see Sammy and Eddie uh, yep. hang out. And uh, and there's going to be a concert approximately 5:30 p.m. And you're going to have full band. This is not just Sammy and his guitar. This is a full band. Uh, Sammy, is that correct? Yes, I'll be playing electric guitar, and uh, Eddie's going to play drums, and uh, Mike's going to play electric bass, and we're going to we're going to go for it. Okay, Eddie Boyer, the man who stands alongside of me for our pre-race invocation and our national anthem before we yell, uh, "It's time to burn some nitro." What have you gotten yourself into, my friend? Uh, all of a sudden, now you're doing a concert. You're with Sammy Eubanks, the voice, but this isn't your first rodeo. I have received some tips that you are very comfortable behind the skins. So lay it on me. Oh, I've been playing drums ever since I can remember. I probably got my first set when I was around five years old. And so I started uh, taking some private lessons when I was uh, in fourth grade. Then I started playing in the band and in school, and I played multiple different instruments, uh, percussion instruments in high school. Uh, started playing the trap set and got into jazz band, uh, even learned to play the tuba my senior year. We didn't have a tuba player, so I, I played bass guitar as well. And so I learned the tuba my senior year, went off to college, 
and earned a scholarship at Ozark Christian College in Joplin, Missouri. And that's how I was able to go to go to college and get an education was playing the drums. A tuba a tuba scholarship or drum scholarship. Oh, I was gonna say the, the yeah, tuba gets such a bad a rap. All right, musicians, come on. The tuba gets a bad rap, right? It's always a kid. But it, it's it's very important uh, instrument, is it not? It is. Yes, it and has its it place, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was good for me to learn. It was the first uh, brass instrument, the only black brass instrument I ever learned to play was that. So, uh, you know, it's music has always been a big part of my life, and and drumming has always just come very natural to me. Now, look, like Troy is coming to the Patreon meetup. He says he's getting sauced and he's going to go to the Sammy and Eddie show. That's right. There's something to do now on Friday, right after it's over. Come down. Sammy, where are you going to be in the pits? Fathead's Eyewear has been a supporter of you. Lucas Oil. You've got a lot of great relationships. You help out a lot of people in the pits that I don't know people realize that. At a typical event, you'll be playing. Um, but where this time? The typical stage? You're going to do something different? You might have already said, but say it again. I, I haven't said uh, I need to I need to contact Cliff with NHRA and see if I can get a, a, a space parallel to the walkway instead of between a couple trailers. Um, so we have a little bit more room. Uh, ho hopefully that won't be a problem. I've done that before in, at Vegas. Um, but yeah, Fatheads Eyewear, Lucas Oil, Dueling Machine of Texas, Ages of Spokane, TGRN, uh, True Grit Roots Network, which is going to debut my new radio show coming up soon. The Sammy Eubanks Motorsports Hour, TGRN.net. You can find out about that. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to playing with a band for sure. And I'm going home the next morning at 5:30 to play uh, play a show in Spokane, and then flying back Sunday morning to finish up in Vegas. So this will be a good warm up for the band show at home. Wow! <laughs> and thank That's you, cool. thank you, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, looking Eddie. So what goes into this for you? Like you see Sammy out there on a regular basis and uh, you know, Sammy's got a following Sammy. I know Sammy as drag racer, Sammy who plays, but I did some research on you, Sammy. And I have had some friends like, you know, that guy I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. Right. Um, you've had a great career in the blues and you're on tour perpetually. It seems making a living, yeah. but you also love NHRA drag racing. You're out there and Eddie, now you're going to dive in with this guy and just, did you rehearse? Is there going to be a rehearsal? Or are you just going to go in cold and we're going to see what happens? No, we are uh, just going to go and, and we're just going to jam. We're just going to have fun. He sent me over some stuff. I looked up some things of his on YouTube. Uh, I love his style of music. I love blues. I love jazz. Uh, I play a little rock, a little country, um, just about everything. And I, I just love music. And it's just getting a feel for it. And I think it's going to be great. We're not going to have any time to, to rehearse. We're just going to sit down and we're just going to start playing. I love rehearsal's it. Going to, rehearsal's going to go like this. One, two, three, four. Excellent. That's it. Sammy, do you have your uh, acoustic guitar nearby at all? Uh, it's in the case back here. In, oh, okay. I'm inside the Fatheads Funhouse right now. Okay, because I, you know, I thought it would be cool if you could like just strum it. Just you that did would say that, but yeah, music, I, it's, it's asleep right now. All right, I, I get it. I get it. We got to go. We don't, uh, you know, he doesn't uh, play for free, guys. He's got to get out there. And you are doing a tie. <laughs> you're doing a tie-in 
with Racers for Christ on all of this, right? It's, you're not just yeah. having fun. It is going to be fun. It's going to be fun for people. But there is also a positive tie-in. What is it? Right. I have this. Uh, this is my tip jar that I travel with, my 401k. Okay. Yes. And uh, we're going to put that out and invite people to to drop a few bucks in the in the 401k. And all of that is going to go to Eddie and the folks at RFC because, we, as we all know, it's not cheap to run this stuff up and down the highway. And they have expenses just like we do. And I thought uh, I just wanted to help out and 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 jam with Eddie and have some fun. That's great, Eddie. I'm sure that's uh, great for you. And I know you guys have got a Thursday night event uh, bowling tournament. We do. We're going to we're already here in Las Vegas. I'm sitting here looking at all the stacking and people getting parked. And we're getting ready because Thursday night we're going to have a bowling tournament. Uh, thanks to uh, Brad and Matt Hardy for setting that up for us. It's going to be over at Samstown Bowling Center. And registration will start at 6. And bowling will kick off at 7. And we did our first one last year. It, it's a, You know, it's a fundraiser, but more than that, it's just a way for people to get out here and us to do something away from the track and to build community and build friendships and and just to have some fun so yeah if anybody is uh, free and they're not doing something they want to come out and watch uh, we'll have several racers out there and the crew members that'll be part of this and we're looking forward to it very exciting all right well i got you guys let's talk a little drag racing what did you think of the big uh, tony stewart Going to run Top Alcohol Dragster in the McPhillips family, a fueler news. We started the show with that. It's pretty, uh, I find it to be very exciting. You know, we all love drag racing. And if a million people show up or 20 people show up, we still love drag racing. But to me, just the response to this news story shows the power of Tony Stewart to garner attention in, in other forms of motorsport. And they're all paying attention now. And they were all on the press conference. So what do, what do you make of this story? Uh, Sammy, you go first. I, uh, I was at Brainerd, uh, obviously, for the national event. And on Sunday, during eliminations, I was down on the starting line area. And, and the McPhillips car made a lap uh, during eliminations. And when they did, Tony was standing behind the car, you know, looking like he owned the thing. He was standing right behind the car, arms crossed, like it was his car. And I, I went up to him and I asked him, I said, are you going to build one of those things? And he said, I'm going to drive that car tomorrow, uh, which was Monday, in testing. And I said, why is that? And he said, I need to get some seat time and I need to get caught back up to, you know, the fuel car situation. He said what he told me and he tells everybody else, I'm sure. He says, he says your, your eyes are down there, but your butt's back there when, this, when these things make a make, when you make a hit. And I just need to catch up a little bit. So... Um, and then he made, he, I think he made four or five laps that day. His worst light was a 61. I think he went 529, 274, something like that, um, on the last lap. And I don't know if I was with Rico Elmore from Fatheads or, 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 uh, Nitro Mike, but we went down to the end after he made that last lap and, uh, they were hooking up the car. Tony was out of the car. They were standing there chatting and Rich said something about, you know, you know, you could be a driver and Tony goes, well, we could work, work that out or something, you know, and I, that was, I think that was the, that was the catalyst of it, the start of it. And, um, it was pretty cool to be, to be there 
and watch that happen. I th- and I thought to myself, yeah, that would be cool. And, and here we are being cool. Eddie. Well, I was there too. And it's, you know, it's been pretty neat to see Tony get behind the wheel, whether it was uh, with a nitro car or behind the, you know, the a fuel dragster. And I think he picked a great one to be able to drive. Uh, it's a good dragster. I know that he feels comfortable in it. It seemed, I mean, it was, uh, I think he could drive anything. And this has been probably one of the best things in recent history for our sport is to see this crossover and, and to see Tony is fully vested, not just as an owner, but now as a driver. And I think it's going to bring a lot, a lot to our sport for the future. I, I see drag racing is far from dead. Uh, you know, several years back, you heard people saying, you know, you look at attendance, you look at car numbers, you look at this, you look at that. And I think we're on an uphill swing. And I think this is just uh, a great positive thing. And I think Tony's going to do well. You know, he's going to have some learning curves in it. Uh, he's got a lot of great drivers he's going against. But I think he'll he'll do well. Yeah, the challenge. I knew it wouldn't take long. I knew yeah. it wouldn't take long. Well, Right. You, how do you come over and start like sniffing around and then not uh, get hooked into the deal, especially a if you're a competitive person? And yeah. what I think it's interesting is it kind of falls in line with what they say you should do just to be healthy, which is constantly challenge yourself. And he, this is his newest challenge. You know, some people go, you know, mountain climbing. This is his new mountain. He's going to go, all right, I've done all of these things. But now there's this new thing and I've never done it before and there's a lot of people doing it and it's hard and I'm going to try to do it and let's see what happens. And drag racing is very difficult to dominate. There's so many factors and you got to be perfect unless the guy you're racing isn't perfect and then you just got to be better than him. But uh, I find it to be very exciting. I had a great conversation with Rick Ware out at the NASCAR race this past weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. He shared with me some very positive sentiment that the, he thinks that the sport is poised to take off. And those guys you mentioned, Eddie, they are going to say what they're going to say no matter what happens. Like the day NHRA is getting a five share and it's on Fox and million, they, you know, the sport is dying. Nobody goes anymore. It's too crowded. Um, right. It's just something that people like to say. Uh, about the sport but i i feel like we're in great spot and this is a a good storyline to draw extra attention in for the championship battle speaking of which where's your head on that you guys are very interested observers like i didn't even know that you were both there for tony's test runs and you could give us this inside knowledge and information like that's great seasoning on the story um so what about the championship like what sticks out in your mind? I just want to kind of open it up to you guys to talk about whatever you think, whether it be top fuel or funny car or pro stock or pro stock motorcycle, but camping world championship storylines, where do you think they're going? Let's start with Eddie on this one. Wow. Uh, boy, the year has really seen a lot of changes uh, throughout the season. And I don't think you can count uh, several of them out of the ball game. There's several of them that I think have a, have a good shot at it. There's a few of them. They've got a lot of work for these last two races to be able to go out there. Uh, you know, we got Justin Ashley right now sitting out front with uh, top fuel, you know, they've really had a good dragster been fairly consistent recently. Uh, 
you know, Steve Torrance was really coming back, uh, you know, really starting to make some moves forward. Uh, you know, you've got several of them out there. Doug Coletta has been doing, you know, well as of recent. We've seen a few others that had struggled, and we see him going some rounds. Even Clay Milliken, I, I see him as somebody that uh, is really moving forward in top fuel. Uh, funny car, you know, we got a, a few of them in the hunt there that I think it's going to come down to that last last race in, in Pomona before we get to know that. Uh, Erica seems to be just kind of running away with the pro stock as of, you know, recent. She's just really had a good car, got a great team behind her, and she's really doing well. Um, pro stock motorcycle, you know, I think we have a few people that are really charging hard, but boy, Matt Smith is really had a good bike uh, as of late. So we'll see what happens. Anything can change at this point. Yeah, it really can. Sammy, what about you? Uh, takeaways um, so far. Eddie's right. Uh, you know, Justin's Justin's doing well. Steve's, Steve's starting to run good. Um, uh, Austin Proc is really uh, making some noise too. Um, they might have <laughs> the Silver Stallions. <laughs> Excuse me. They might have been peeking into Grubnik's uh, Grubnik's laptop or something to get some knowledge over there. But that's another car too that you know they they always always run good. Um, um, funny car, you know Tasca, Height, Hagen, Force. You know it's all that's all very tight at the top. Pro Stock, Erica, Greg, of course. Uh, I, I'm not sure who's who's uh, closest to Erica in the points. I assume that would be Greg. Um, Aaron Stanfield. Aaron Stanfield is second. Yes. Is she leading? She's le He's 165 behind her. 165. And, and Pomona's points and a half. Yes. But she always has a good, a, a, a good showing at Vegas. She's always, she always runs well at Vegas. So they could probably uh, inscribe the trophy for that one. Uh, pro stock bike. Um, I'm of course pulling for Joey Gladstone, the fat heads I wear, uh, bike of course with Corey Reed and, you know, but Matt, Matt always finds some, finds a way to win. Um, who else is up? Who else is up there at with pro stock bike? Well, Jerry Savoie is one Oh three back. He's, you know, quietly, this guy's won the championship before he was on the verge of winning another one bike quit on the starting line he's right. 103 back steve johnson 118 back angie 119 back i really think you know the, the thing about matt is that that bike could have some sort of weird it won't shift problem in a first round run that is not his fault or it's just every once in a while they've had that weird out of nowhere glitch uh, right, that yeah. sometimes trip him up. So that's what would have to happen, right? Like first round bike problem. He loses Joey or Jerry go on and win the race. And then that makes Pomona really interesting. Right. Um, With Joey, points and a half, of course. Points and a half, of course. Uh, Je Joey could beat him in the semis and go on and win the race. And that would make Pomona very interesting. Right. Um, but the I, think, I think Michael Phillips. Yeah. I think Michael Phillips is the secret weapon over there uh, for Joey and Corey. And and please elaborate on that because you know I'm a huge fan of Michael Phillips. Um, uh, he's just 
the first time I saw them working together was in Sonoma. I was, I happened to be parked right next to them at Sonoma. And, um, he just, he brought a different vibe to the team. They won Sonoma, um, went out and won Topeka. And then he wasn't working with them. And I told Michael, I told Joey, uh, all of them, Corey, everybody, that he wasn't working with them in, in Indy. And I think they went out in the second round. Then he comes back and, uh, I think they won a race after that again, but he's, uh, he he's he just brings like I said a different vibe, a different attitude. You can see him down there on the starting line pumping Joey up, pumping Joey up. Pardon me, and uh, he's just uh, an asset for sure. And he's a plus is he's he knows those bikes front to back. I've said I've said for many years, longtime WFO listeners know that I've been a big fan of Michael Phillips and his uh, his character. The way like I think he knows how to do it right. He'll. He'll have fun with you. He'll trash talk you and you'll know that he likes you. He's just yeah. kicking the game. Yeah. And that's yeah. what the sport really needs. <laughs> he, he is the bull, Matt Smith. He is the bull. That's what the sport needs. Uh, unfortunately for Michael, you know, getting back out there. Um, but he's got Malcolm now and he might've found like a, a great role because Joey loves him too. And has given him a lot of credit on the wins. Just that yep. mental side, that mental wow. side of it. It's very yep. mental. People don't realize how mental the sport is. And you can get in your own head and you need people to pump you up. Erica says it all the time. Her sister oh, yeah. keeps pumped up. They keep her focused. She thrives on positive energy. You got to believe that you can do it. And when people are telling you you can do it, then you believe you can do it. Some people totally self-motivated. That's amazing. But I don't think it ever hurts to have people around you like, Right, exactly. Working, working yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Something else about Michael Phillips yes. you may not know. He's a great bowler as well. And he's oh, actually really? going to be at our bowling tournament Thursday. So, Oh, my gosh. It ties all together. What an See? amazing transition. Can you wait till you hear the trash talk on the bowling alley? Uh, it's like, worse than the track, I think. Is he like yeah. the Jesus from like, I picture him as a character in big Lebowski. Okay. Cause everything I know about bowling really comes from the big Lebowski. Like, Hey, I'm throwing rocks tonight. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. You know, you don't, uh, you don't roll on Shabbos, all of these things, all these things. And now Michael Phillips in that vein, the bowling alley, it sounds, uh, it sounds like something cool. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing on the, on the music thing, um, you know, the Sammy and Eddie deal, yeah, our bass player, our bass player's name is Michael. No way! Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, Sammy, Eddie, Michael, yeah. exactly. Michael Slough is going to play bass with us. All right. So, it's... so we just need an Alex. Yes. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Alex Laughlin's not 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 going to be at Vegas. Is there another Alex we could we could just get him on get stage? We got Eddie. Picture. We got Sammy. We got Michael, and we got Alex. <laughs> That's I think awesome. we're I think we're beating the joke into the ground, but that's what you do with funny jokes. All right, guys. Friday, 5:30, Vegas, pit area, wherever Sammy Eubanks is, he's gonna have a whole big band kit set up. Eddie Boyer from Racers for Christ is gonna go in there and he's gonna jam. They're gonna jam, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna have my Patreon meetup, uh, meet up over there as well, and we're gonna enjoy a little bit of your music and all for a great cause. At the folks at Racers for Christ. So throw some couple of bucks into the bucket. Gentlemen, thanks for talking drag racing with me. Thank you for coming Thank on you. WFO Radio and having a little fun. And now, Eddie, you're good. Sammy, you still got a long way to go, man. Get get rolling. Yeah, I have 24 hours of driving ahead of me starting now. 
Starting now. Be safe. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. There goes Sammy, and there goes Eddie, and that is WFO. How about it, guys? Wow. All right, final comments in the comments section. Who's going to the concert? Patreon meetups. All that stuff. I got a few seconds, and then I'm going to bounce on out of here. But I just want to remind everybody of a couple of things. Just business, right? One, WFO has a podcast feed. Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud. That is where the majority of the listeners are. We have been audio only for so many years, just because you can see my mug from time to time on this live stream on YouTube. Uh, but we really believe in our audio only audience for people like Sammy who are going over the road who can't take their eyes off the road to look at a screen. They just focus in on the audio. And that's what the podcast feed is all about. We've got so many drivers up there. We do our ignition podcast, which is audio only to go back to my talk radio roots. So please, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, write us a review. Give us, uh, you know, 50 stars, whatever happens there on our podcast feed. The WFO store up there on the website. Hit the store. We got some new shirts and gear up there. We got the jet car shirt. Fire! We got old school Miami Hollywood Speedway retro shirt. We've got a new uh, drag racing one round at a time. You know, we fought one round at a time for so many years. Everybody kind of fought it like, ah, oh, we don't like that, except it's the truth. And maybe sometimes you got to stop fighting the truth. What is the true wisdom of drag racing? What is the true road to success? One round at a time, whether it be bracket racing or drag racing, anytime. You got to focus on what is right in front of you right now to be successful. You can't think two rounds ahead, three rounds ahead. It's a metaphor for a successful life. One round at a time. And you can go to the uh, the T Public store that we have all our shirts and stuff up there and uh, you know get something, right? And they go on sale from time to time. I do not know exactly when they go on sale. They were just on sale. You can get as much as 30% off from time to time. So just bookmark the page. I'll throw it up there in the chat section right now. So you can uh, hit the WFO store. Like Monica placed an order last week when things were on sale. And the best part about them is if you don't like something, you can send it back. And I don't have to deal with any of that stuff, which is even the better part. Sounds like fun times, says Monica. Sammy plays the blues really well. Saw him and his band in Memphis a few years ago. Have fun in Vegas, says Jeff. Thank you very much. And I appreciate it. Yeah, but right now I got to go get packed. I got to start getting ready to roll. Got to get packed. Where is Factory X? Good question. Factory X is coming. Factory X is coming. And everyone is very excited about Factory X. I saw a couple of posts on the Facebook that it's taking longer than anticipated. And I think that everybody should totally understand why. Because number one, they're creating something from nothing and they're doing a bunch of different rules, revisions, and thoughts. That's number one. But parts, parts availability, all of those things, like getting everything together, is taking a little longer than everybody thought. But I know of several of them that are in the process of, of happening. And so that is good. In the process of happening. So next year, whenever they come, they come. But they're going to be great. 2,600 pounds, factory showdown style engines with Liberty 5 speeds running low 7s or high 6s. You'd imagine they'd be wheels up. It's going to be fun. Factory X. Also, I didn't talk to Alan about this, but the A-Fuel funny car deal, the rules changes in top alcohol funny car. 
couple of ones that are interesting is that you can use a 1969 or newer body. So I wonder how aerodynamic that 77 Firebird uh, Trans Am body is. Can somebody please put one of those on the track ASAP? Let's just try it. 77 Pontiac Trans Am, like, you know, Gordy Bonin's bubble up car, like the California Charger that Cruises got. Let's get some of those bodies, an alcohol funny car, immediately, as soon as is possible. I guess the start of next year is as soon as says is possible. Plus the nitro injected combination. The only thing I don't know about, and trust Will Hanna, is the, uh, the two step deal. We want our drivers to be drivers. Monica says, safe travels to the Patreons who are on their way out to Vegas. I agree. I concur with that. Thanks to Sammy. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Alan. Appreciate all you WFO listeners. Final show of the week. We'll see you in Vegas, baby. Vegas.